Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Creativity is intelligence having fun. Albert Einstein. Greetings, my friends. How are you today? Welcome to episode 99 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm Henneke Watkins-Porto. Today's episode is with Joe Pulitzi. Joe is the founder of the Content Marketing Institute, the leading educational organization for content marketing, which hosts the largest physical content marketing event, Content Marketing World. Joe is a highly sought after public speaker and a five times author, including Killing Marketing Content Inc. and Epic Content Marketing, which was named a must-read business book by Fortune Magazine. So today, our conversation is going to be about developing an effective content marketing strategy for your startup. Welcome, Joe. Annika, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. Awesome. Now, before we head into the meat of the matter, I have a question for you. Have you ever been to Jamaica? I have never been to Jamaica, unfortunately. What would be the first thing that you would do should you uh, get a chance to visit tomorrow? Well, I, I hopefully you'll take me out for a cup of coffee or something and, and show me the sights. How about that? Can, oh, well, that, that's, can that, I that's, arrange that? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Coffee is good. And I take your own. I mean, the Blue Mountain coffee is what you must have. Okay. You know? Yeah. So we, we start there. Um, and we take you to Don's River Falls and just take you for you to have a good time, visit the Bob Marley Museum and so on. There's so many things for you to do. You would not be bored. All right. So let's get back on track. Um, what is content marketing and why is it important? Well, I mean, if, if we're talking to entrepreneurs, which I think that's your audience, I think what we want to focus on is, you know, what is your goal, first of all, as an entrepreneur, and then we'll get into the content marketing. Are you trying to grow a business? Are you trying to sell products and services? Are you trying not to get a real job? You know, what is your ultimate goal? And then how does content marketing fit into that? And really what we want to do is we want to build an audience that actually cares what we have to say. And so how would we do that? We would create some kind of ongoing, valuable, relevant piece of content to build that audience over time. And then once you build an audience, you can do all sorts of things. You could sell more of the products and services you offer. You could create events. You could do things that you never thought was possible. So if you just think, okay, uh, content marketing is I'm going to build, create valuable, relevant informational content on a regular basis that some group of people care about. And then once you build that audience, then all the kinds of opportunities that entrepreneurs would think about open up for you. And I mean, that was my, my uh, fourth book, Content Inc. That's the whole idea behind it for startups, because a lot of people think content marketing is for big corporations. We're going to do custom magazines. We're going to do newsletters. We're going to do podcasts. But what's great for entrepreneurs is you can build your entire business model off of the back of building an audience that cares about what you have to say. And then once you build an audience, that's that's when the opportunities arise. 
And a lot of people get it backwards. They're like, oh, I got to go out and I got to create the best product in the world or the best service in the world. And yeah, you could do it that way, but it's much harder to do it that way. The better way to do it, in my opinion, as an I mean, I started uh, my company back in 2007 was let's build a growing fan base that cares about you know, what I have to say or what I'm trying to teach about. And then from that, figure out, well, what, what do those people want? What, what product type of product or service could make their life complete? And then you can launch products after you build the, and that's what I want entrepreneurs specifically to think about when they, when they hear content marketing is it's not just, Oh yeah, I'm going to do blogs or I'm going to do social media and all the tactical things, but create it as part of your core strategy for going to market. Mm-hmm. So then it's not about, as you alluded to, build it and they will come, right? It's first building that audience and then you can now create products and services to cater to your audience that you've built. That's the absolute best way to do it. It's much it's much harder, in my opinion, for let's say you got a big company like a Microsoft where they're trying to sell more cloud-based services and you're thinking, oh, well, what can we launch from a content marketing standpoint? Maybe we could launch a podcast or maybe it could be a mini magazine or something like that. That's fine. And that's traditionally what we've thought of as content marketing. It's just a different way to go to market instead of uh, interrupting my customer or my audience's day with, with uh, advertising. Let's say I'm going to create something that's wonderful to them. They start to know, like, and trust me, and then I'll sell more of my products and services. Yeah, that's traditionally content marketing. But then if you think about it from an entrepreneur standpoint, you're like, well, let's how can we be indispensable to our customers on an ongoing basis? You usually can't do that through a product and service. You usually have to do that through your communication, kind of what you do on your podcast. You're indispensable for your audience trying to get information on how they can start or grow a business. It's the same thing we want to do for your, let's say, your content marketing strategy underlying your entire business strategy. So once you build that audience, let's say, whether that's 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, whatever your audience is, then you can say, okay, well, what's the next step? How do I monetize this strategy going forward? And once you build an audience, you can monetize it by selling products and services, by doing events, by selling advertising, all kinds of different things. Then if you would just say, okay, I want to sell more of the products and services that I have. So then essentially we have to get to the stage where persons know, like, and trust us so that they can now um, be willing to explore, you know, purchasing our products or services whenever we launch. Yes, exactly. And, and I think that's where if you already have a product and service, which most people do. So we can talk a bit more about that. But if you have a product and service kind of the the temptation would be, well, I've got to talk about my products and services. Actually, you don't want to do that in your content marketing initiative. You want to maybe talk about the problems and the challenges around the products you serve, you, you offer, and maybe those will be a fit and maybe those won't be, but it doesn't always have to be exactly what you sell. So you can kind of be open. What you want to do is focus on more about who are you trying to target? What, what, who are the group of people you're targeting? What's their need? What are their needs? What are their pain points? What really keeps them up at night? And if you can solve that on an ongoing basis, you can sell anything you want to down the road. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So now we're going to be looking at some of the necessary components of an effective marketing strategy. Just talk us through some of those. And um, I do have some things, you know, specifics I want to talk to you about later. But let's hear what your what your take is in terms of, you know, the necessary components for an effective strategy. Well, the first thing is we talked about it. Who is the audience that you want to target? And this you'd think this was an easy question. But when I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs about it. They're like, well, whoever would buy my stuff, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Who is? Well, what we really want to do is because we want to figure out how we solve their pain points on an ongoing basis, really figure out who that audience is. And there's you cannot get niche enough when you think about this. Like I want to get the smallest group possible so you can ultimately be the leading expert in the world on whatever topic you're talking about. So really sit down and say, who are we trying to target? Are they uh, are they stay-at-home moms? Are they uh, business people who are mechanical engineers that work at large companies? I really want to lay that out ongoing. And then once we do that, then you, you want to get into what we call the content tilt. And the content tilt is finding an area of little to no competition on the web where you actually have a chance of being the leading expert in that category. So this will cross out a lot of the things you might think about. Let's say you, you say, OK, well, I want to talk about um, I'm going to talk about SEO. Well, how many how many organizations talk about SEO on the Internet? The millions maybe talk about SEO. Well, how can you talk about it? That's different. Or maybe you're not talking about SEO. Maybe you're talking about how you integrate SEO and social media or you maybe whatever the case is. You're thinking about it specifically for that audience and how you can talk about that different than everyone else. And that's where everyone falls in. And there's two reasons why content marketing programs fail. The first one is consistency. You don't consistently deliver on an ongoing basis. Very, very important. But the second most important, maybe the most important, is finding that content tilt. How can you deliver something that no one is delivering to that particular audience in quite the way you're delivering it? Consistency and content tilt. I like that. I really love the content tilt. It, it and it's easy, but it's easy to forget that because if you look at most content marketing programs, look at any company, look at your competition. They're generally talking about the same things everyone else talks about, and when you get to that point, who cares? Nobody's going to care about that. So you have to be, do something that is different in that case. So. Um, I mean, if you think about, I mean, I'll give you a really old example. So John Deere, John Deere has been, you know, they've been manufacturing uh, agriculture, agricultural, yeah, yeah. tractors, agricultural equipment since the dawn of time. Well, they came out with a magazine called the Furrow Magazine in 1895. And their only goal with that magazine was to help farmers be better farmers, help them figure out, well, when do we plant the certain crops? How do we do that? What kind of technology do we use? Nobody at the time was doing a very good job of that. So here it is 120 years later, and they're still di distributing the Furrow magazine online and in print, believe it or not. Mm. And, and a lot of the reason why John Deere became big John Deere that we know today is because when they were little entrepreneurial John Deere, they said, well, what are these farmers, what do they need to survive on a daily basis? They said, well, let's put together an ongoing communication piece. We don't have to talk about our products and services. We can just help them. And because they were helping on an ongoing basis, they created this loyal following. And now, you know, you, you have people that are completely loyal to John Deere 
Mm. Um, they'll never buy anything else besides a John Deere. And I think a lot of that had to do with the way they started communicating over 100 years ago. Exactly. And even persons who are not farmers, like myself, no John Deere. <laughs> That's exactly right. And you might even, yeah, you might even think, well, you know, I know the John Deere name. That's fantastic. Let's go for that. I think a lot of a lot of it gets uh, caught in. We we think, oh, it's a big company. They advertise. Sure, they advertise. They do all t- sorts of things with their marketing programs. But they started with focusing on problems and solutions that didn't necessarily directly tie to. Okay, we have to sell this tractor. They said, how can we be indispensable to our customers on an ongoing basis? And that's how the furrow was born. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. So we talked about the content tilt, the audience building. Um, how we need to be consistent and all of that. So we need um, give us some more, you know, things to consider as we build our content strategy. So let's say, so you have your audience in mind, you know, that is you say, okay, well, based on your expertise and the things you know about, you're going to create this content tilt. There's something that differentiates you to that audience. Now, where a lot of people get in trouble on the next step is, by the way, we haven't started creating any content yet. There's no podcast. There's no blog. We haven't done anything. Now we're going to get into, well, what is this thing that we're going to build? And we get into this area that I call building the base. What a lot of people want to do is they say, okay, great. We've got this wonderful idea. Let's go out and we're going to do a blog and we're going to do something on LinkedIn and we're going to do all kinds of tweets and then we're going to create a podcast and then we're going to do white papers and webinars and they want to do all these things at one time. And that's absolutely the wrong way to do it. What you want to do is focus on one thing, just one and build your audience there. So if you said like for you, you might say, that's my podcast. I'm going to deliver a podcast every week uh, at the same time, same place, same way to get it. I'm going to build my audience that way. Other people might say, well, I'm going to deliver two amazing articles, one on Tuesday and one every Thursday. I'm going to build an audience that way and have people to subscribe to my e-newsletter. Other people might say, I'm going to uh, build a, a create a newspaper or a magazine or I'm going to, going to do monthly events locally, You know, whatever that content is. That's what you focus on. You can use social media and you can use other things to promote that. But really what you want to do is get become great at one thing. And by building the base is so important and focusing on this one thing, one content type using leveraging one platform at one time and consistently delivering it is because you can only be you can only master one thing at a time. You, you can't do it all at once. So be great at one thing. And that's where a lot of people get get hung up on because they feel they have to be everywhere at once. And that's not, absolutely not true. Right. And what I'm hearing you saying is focus. So follow one course until success. Absolutely. And I would say you get to and Brian Clark from Copy Bloggers talked about this. I've talked about it in my book. We, we call it something like minimum viable audience. How do you build the base up to a point where you said, let's say for your podcast, you're like, you know what? I want to get a thousand listeners. I want to get a thousand res- regular listeners before I do anything. So building the base is all about build, building that minimum viable audience. So, you know, you actually have something. You have a group of people that, that begin to know, like, and trust you before you move on and do everything else. So um, you don't have to be distracted with, oh, I need to generate more revenue at this time. This is a nine to 12 month, maybe a little bit more time period where you are building, you know, what NBC would be, you know, their, their primetime um, 
uh, television programs or what uh, the New York Times would say. This is their this is the newspaper. You know, what's the one thing? And by the way, go back in the history of all great media companies. They've started with one thing. It was one great radio program. It was one great television program. It was um, an amazing um, uh, newspaper. It was a, an incredible magazine like Fortune or Forbes or something like that. It always starts with one thing and then they diversify. So you want to start on the one thing. Mm, and that's absolutely critical because we know how easy it is to get distracted. And when you when you start doing more than one thing at a time, I know that firsthand you begin to water down water down how much you know of your own effort that you can put in, and so it doesn't you you don't get that impact that you want to have when you spread yourself too thin. Exactly right. I mean, when we started, so I started blogging in two thousand seven. And basically, all we did at Content Marketing Institute was from 2007 to 2010, all we did was blogging. Five days a week, we did a blog, and that blog's only goal was to build a subscriber base. So if you, if you, you, don't, you looked at the blog on a regular basis, hopefully they subscribed to the blog, and we were just trying to get subscribers to that blog. And then we got to a point where, okay, we've got 30,000 subscribers now, pretty substantial. And then once we build that base – then we can go ahead and diversify, which would be the next step. And I don't know if you want to jump ahead. Oh, sure. That, go that, right ahead. Go yeah. right ahead. So that, that's, what, that's when you diversify. So you're probably like, Joe, well, what if I want to do – what if I have a blog and I want to do a podcast? Or what if I want to do a white paper series or a research project or an event? Well, first you've got to build that base and get that minimum viable audience. And then we can go ahead. And as we're building that audience, then we can ultimately diversify and and as you build that audience, you want to think of things that you have the most control over. So, I mean, you know this, where if you're creating a podcast, you have you have some freedom, but not as much because you have, um, you know, your iTunes, you have people subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher, or Google Play or whatnot. And the the main connection point is through Google or Stitcher or mm -hmm. Apple. You don't really have a lot of control over it. So you want to move it to the next step where you have some control. And that's, you know, whether or not maybe in six months or something different. But right now that's through email. The best the way that we have some control and some value over creating an asset and that asset is building an audience is through subscription. And that's generally through email. So that's why. That would be, you know, as you're building this base, then you want to build in this idea of, okay, I want to build a subscription base, which would be an e-newsletter for the most part, email updates of some kind that you would send on a regular basis. And then that leads right into once you build that minimum subscriber base, you get into diversification. So, I mean, I'll just go back to Content Marketing Institute. So we got, let's say, 30,000 email subscribers. We're feeling good. Then we went and diversified. We said, okay, now we're going to build, you know, we built the the leading blog on content marketing. How do we take the next step? Well, now we're going to build the leading magazine on content marketing. That was Chief Content Officer. We launched that in, let's see, we blogged for three months, then we launched the magazine, and then a year later, we launched the event, Content Marketing World. So those were the three pillars of our ongoing content marketing strategy was we had the leading online destination, which was contentmarketinginstitute.com. And then we had the leading print publication, Chief Content Officer Magazine. And then we had the leading in-person event, Content Marketing World. And those three worked together to to help us you know, create the largest event in the world on the subject. And then to grow our subscribership from, at that time, 2010, about 30,000 to over 200,000 
uh, people today. And that's kind of what I want to see entrepreneurs start to do is build that base, build those subscribers, and then you can go ahead and diversify. I can just hear some of our peak performers listening and saying, oh my gosh, I mean, no, we're talking about events and we're talking, oh, I, I can't manage. I mean, I'm just a small business. I'm just starting up. I can't do all of this. Um, talk to us about that. Well, so the, depending <laughs> on where you're at, please don't rush. Don't go too far ahead. I, I, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you, Annika. The, the first when I started the blog, I was blogging for two years. And then as we started to get to the point where I'm like, okay, this thing could be big. That's when I wrote down, okay, at some point in the future, I'm thinking 2011, we can launch the magazine. I'm thinking another year later, we can launch the event. So those were ongoing strategic ideas, but really it was just me to start with. I had no outside resources to start this. I was just trying to create the best blog on an ongoing basis that I could. And then when you get to that point, then you can start to get a little overwhelmed and say, well, what do I need to do to get this going? How do I make it happen? I'm like, well, what does it take to put together a magazine? And is that the right thing to do? And what what a hole am I filling for this audience? And the same thing with the event. I mean, content marketing world was only born because our subscribers kept saying, Joe, we, we need ongoing consulting. We would like ongoing training. I want to meet other content marketers that are going through the same challenges that we are. And I said, oh my God, there's this huge opportunity for this face-to-face event. How do I get that going? And what's what, you know, we kept this model on, as we grew, we still kept that model of, well, I don't have, I can't, I can't go and hire full-time people. What do we do? And we went and hired specialists and hired them on as contractors to build this event, to build the magazine and never really, and never hired anyone to do this. We just kept that. We only had two employees. So the two employees, we managed everything. It was actually my wife and I, we managed <laughs> our, she ran operations and I ran sales. And then we went and found people that wanted to help us that we could pay on, you know, depending on how it was on, let's say a weekly or a monthly basis to help us put together these other tools. So as an entrepreneur, you don't, you don't have to say, Oh my God, I I have to hire these people. No, you don't. Let's just be smart about it today. Let's hire, let's, uh, let's contract out until we get to a certain point that maybe we will hire someday or maybe we won't, but you don't have to. And some of these things pay for themselves. And with the event, it was a lot easier because when you get to an event and let's say you wanted to do an event, what you don't realize is in the event business, you get a lot of that money up front. Right. So if you say, I want to, <laughs> yeah, say, let's say that you wanted to do a, uh, a podcast event in Jamaica Which, and you wanted, how did you know that? Anyway, go right ahead. There you go. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well let's find some sponsors and you have some sponsors, right? And you're like, well, if they want to sponsor, they're going to have to pay 50% up front. So you're getting cash in as you go, and then that will pay off the bills until – and what's great about – that's why I love the event uh, business because you get 100% of your revenues if you're doing it uh, the right way. You're getting 100% of your revenues by the time that event goes. Absolutely. I love that too. I absolutely love that. I mean, we're doing two conferences this year. We did them last year, LeaderCast Kingston and LeaderCast Women, which is – it's based on the – Leader cast that happens in Atlanta, Georgia every year. And so we're streaming live again this year. So yes, that's, that's fun. 
So you already know. Oh this yeah. No, no, let me, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So you started, it was it just you that started the business? So for that aspect of it, I mean, I'm the brainchild. Of course I got a team of volunteers to help us to, yep. you know, drive it forward. And yeah, we get our revenue before, um, you know, we get our money before the event. So you know exactly where you stand, at least for the most part, because some sponsors do, you know, it works differently. Someone here in Jamaica, they take a little longer time to, to yeah. <laughs> but well, everybody's for the most taking a part, longer time today, I think, right, a little right. bit longer. But what what you probably found that we found in our subscriber base is because your subscribers are so excited about what you're doing and they're so thankful for the content that you're delivering. They're probably reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, how can we help? Yeah, can we yeah. volunteer?" Right? Yes, so I'm getting our- I'm getting attendees um, say, "Hey," it's because I, in fact, some of our volunteers for this event is actually from previous events. <laughs> That's it. And that and that's the way it's going to be. So what happens is, is when you when you do this right, you find your content tilt, you build your base, you get your subscribers. When you start to diversify and you create you know, the event or you create a podcast, you create other things, you your subscribers absolutely will pitch in. And and our uh, a lot of the contract, actually, I would say almost every one of the contractors we ended up working working with to help us execute were already subscribers. They were already bought into what we were doing. They knew the mission of the organization and they were happy to help grow the business with us. And I mean, th- you can't find anything better than that, but that's what you find when you build a loyal audience. Fantastic. And we are about to close our conversation, Joe. Final thoughts from you. I guess I would say the two things that we we started our, our conversation, Henneke, are, are the most important. If you're going, you don't have to do this. No, you don't have to do content marketing to survive today. I think it's the best business model uh, of marketing to go forward with. But the, the two things you have to keep in mind is, you know, one is what is that content tilt to that very specific audience? Find something small, that you actually can see yourself if you execute on, you could be the leading expert in that area and consistently deliver whatever it is, whatever you decide to build your base on, whether that's videos or podcasts or an e-newsletter, whatever it is, consistently deliver. And when I say consistently, I mean at the same time, the same way, every day, every week, every month, every year, and can make that commitment for a year to do that. If you said, Joe, I want to do this and I want to, I'm going to do it for three months. What should I expect? I would say, don't expect much because it takes time to build a loyal audience. But if you can stay in the, this is a marathon, not a sprint. If you can stay in it for nine to 12 months, you will see all this work that you put forward in the process going forward. And then you're going to have that payoff down the road. You don't know exactly when that's going to happen. But what your competition does is they generally, because it's a marathon and not a sprint, they die off. Somebody will start a podcast and three months later to be gone. Somebody will do an event and the next time they won't do that event. But you're going to be there and deliver it. And you're going to reap all the rewards from that because you stuck with it that long. Absolutely. My guest today, peak performance, has been Joe Pulitzer. Joe is the founder of Content Marketing Institute and it's a leading educational organization for content marketing. And they host the largest physical content marketing event, Content Marketing World. Joe, as I said in the intro, is highly sought after public speaker and author. And he, one of his books, Epic Content Marketing, was named a must-read business book by Fortune Magazine. Joe, I know peak performers want to hear from you, so please go ahead and share. How might they follow you? You know, reach out to you in any way, shape, or form. 
Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Henneke. Um, I'm at Joe Polizzi, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I on Twitter. That's probably the easiest place to find me. All my uh, books and speaking and everything I do is at JoePolizzi.com. And I would just recommend if anybody is interested in what we're talking about, Content Inc., it, which is my fourth book, is probably the best book for entrepreneurs because it goes through the whole idea. If you have no resources, if you have no budget, how do you, you do this content marketing thing? And that's the one I would start with. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Joe Polizzi. I look forward to connecting with you next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Henneke Watkins Porto. And you can find me on Twitter at The Entrep U. That's E-N-T-R-E-P-U. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win prepare to win and expect to win what good as you know it does take work to produce one 30 minute podcast episode which is a joy for me perhaps you're wondering if you could contribute to this work and the answer is yes for as little as two dollars per month you can make a contribution to go a far way go to patreon.com slash t-e-y that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash t-e-y and there are perks awaiting you right there so thank you so much i'm looking forward to your support <laughs>